I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to wish you a very Merry Christmas, and thank you for taking some time out of this Christmas Sunday to be with us. You know, I couldn't imagine how you would be able to work flushing and bathroom stuffs into the main stage, but look, we did it. And uh, no longer do we have to flush in faith. We can now know that it will work. All right. So by the way, if you want to know what happens when you take Nate's violin and you water it and fertilize it, this is what you get. Wow, that is really big. All right. Today we will be concluding our series on carols. We've been doing that, as Pastor Greg mentioned to you, over these last several weeks. And we're going to be talking today about what I believe is one of the most amazing truths in the Bible. And not only do I think that, but, but it's been said by many that this is, in fact, the amazing truth in the Bible. So we're going to be talking about that. And one of the ways to illustrate this is through the Christmas carol, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. The lyrics of this uh, carol, this song, were actually penned between the 8th and the 12th century. And during those times, in that era of the church, they would actually chant back and forth to each other in services. And interestingly enough, during this period of time, the chants always began with the letter O, as you see, O come, O come. And they became known as the O antiphons. Corey, you would know this, one of the few people here that would know that. So the O antiphons, and each chant that they would do would either give a name or an attribute of Jesus Christ. And this particular song, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, is about the relationship between Israel and their God. It's a song about a desperate people that for literally centuries had not heard from their God. And they desperately need rest, they need, needed rescue from the bondage they were in during these years. See, they knew they needed a savior to release them from all that they were going through. And this carol, this song is actually one of hope, great hope. It wonderfully tells of Israel's hope for a relationship, a time of closeness, a time of experiencing God's mercy. In this song, you'll find Jesus referred to in a number of different ways. First, he's referred to as Emmanuel. He will pay the ransom that only a God-man could pay. He's called the rod of Jesse. He will spring out of a dead stump and he will free his people. How? By death and by resurrection. Freeing us from Satan's tyranny and making us free forever. He's called the day spring. He will be the light of the world and banish the hopelessness of darkness. He's the key of David. He rescues us from hell. He locks the door behind us. He unlocks the key to heaven. And he invites us to dwell with him in his kingdom of peace. This is who Jesus is. And this is what he has already achieved for us and will complete. 
So with every verse, these refrains reach down into our weak hearts, pull us up in faith to see the certainty of the end. As the worship team sings this powerful carol today, let's journey back and hear those chants describing our God, a God who is able to deliver all of those who seek him, not just the Israelites of old, but also surely us today.
nation was very, very aware of a, a statement almost without equal. This word in the Hebrew means God with us. It is the title of our message today. So I'm curious today, how many of us have ever found ourselves praying this, oh God, please be with me during this or, or something else? How many of us have ever prayed that? Most all of us. Okay, sometimes maybe it's something like, be with us, God, as we travel. You know, be with us as I take this exam. Father, please be with me on this job interview. Whatever is going on in your life, we will cry out to God. Now, I'll also tell you that there are seasonal prayers. Did you know that? Okay, here's a seasonal prayer. Oh, God, be with me when I go to the mall. Oh, God, please have the things on the shelves that I need, even though it's the 23rd of December. Oh, God, please give me a parking space where? Near the door. Amen in Jesus' name. But sometimes it's much more serious than that, right? Oh, God, be with me during this serious illness that I'm going through. Be with me for the, during this surgery. Be with me as I go through a divorce or now that I've lost a loved one. Emmanuel, God, please be with me. So the question is, what does it really mean for God to be with us? So we're going to look at this verse in Matthew and it's the verse quoted earlier for chapter 121. And the angel says this to Joseph. And Joseph is now talking to the angel. That's who he's uh, conversing with. If I can ever get this to stay on my belt, I can finish this message for you. Technical difficulties. Me? I get this back on my belt so that I will not be made a fool of. All right, we're almost there. Don't. There we go. All right. So, Matthew 1, verse 21. Joseph has this angel appear to him, and he says this, your, your betrothed, your, the woman you're engaged to, she will give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. 
because he will save his people from their sins. Now, this was an, an announcement that people had been longing to hear for centuries. They had waited for this. In that one verse, Matthew proclaims the essence of the entire gospel, the, the who and the what God had planned for you and for me. He goes on in verse 22 to say this, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. And, and one thing you, you just have to know about the Bible, it is filled with these prophecies that are done centuries before. This is seven centuries prior to this. Isaiah would say this, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. See, Matthew just said the most earth-shattering news possible. He is saying that this baby born to Mary was actually the Emmanuel that Isaiah prophesied all those years before. Suddenly, Matthew says, he is now with us. News so startling, by the way, that few would be able to believe it. See, what is it that made the shepherds go back into the fields rejoicing? What is it that made the wise men fall prostrate? Got that right this time. I will be honest, I said prostate in the first service. That was very embarrassing. These wise men fell prostrate before this baby. It was this fact, and this fact alone, that their God was not and is not someone who watches from a distance. But this powerful and mighty God was literally in the flesh, now with us. The creator, the sustainer of the entire universe is actually a relational God who stripped himself of all the glory he had and became like us in the form of a baby who was all God and yet all man, but without sin. He literally lived and walked on this earth. John 1 and Matthew 1 give us these two important scriptures. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and what? The Word was God. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Shocking. Shocking. God with us. You know, there's some people here today, you don't, you've never had an encounter with God. You've never accepted Christ. You're, you're not at all in that mode. Maybe you're here today because a child was singing or somebody encouraged you because it was Christmas Sunday to come. But, but you would say, Ed, I, I, I know God's not with me. And, and, and you shouldn't feel like God is with you, to be frank with you. But there are Christians here, and you know that God is with you. You have experienced God being with you so many times in your life that given the opportunity, you will tell anybody about this amazing God who is with us. But then there are Christians here, people who have walked with the Lord, know who Jesus is, and yet when I tell you that God is with you presently, you would say to me, really? 
because I don't feel God very much right now. I don't feel him much at all. You see, I have, I know that some of you right now are going through some really tough times. And, and you know, Christmas season is a great magnifier. This is my experience as I talk to a number of people, that when things are good and you enter into this season, they are really good. But when things are bad, when things are tough and you come into this season, they're magnified. They become sometimes very painful. See, some of us, some of you, may have an empty chair this year. Someone that you hoped was going to be with you in this season. And maybe, maybe through a divorce or, or maybe uh, through any number of things, death, distance, it's going to make it really tough for you this year not to have them with you. Or maybe the bad news of health issues or something about your job, whatever it is. You're going through it and you're thinking, where is God in this? If God is really with me, then why am I going through this? And we're going to try and answer that question today. There's others here today that, that you would say, if you were able to, that, that, Ed, I've done something that I'm ashamed of, really ashamed of. And, you know, I, I have a hard time believing that God would really even want to be with me. I, I have a hard time getting my arms around that. Well, uh, I am believing that with the help of the Holy Spirit, you will walk out of here today with a new or a renewed sense of understanding that God truly is and always will be with you because he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And, you know, when you grasp that and you get that down in your heart, it will change the way you look at everything in your life and the way you will look at things in the, in the past of your life. So we're going to break this message into three parts. First one is God is with you presently. Luke one twenty eight says this, The angel appeared to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. See, this the very first truth that the angel proclaims to this young girl is exactly what she will need in that moment. Overwhelmed by this, I mean this this amazing, ginormous individual standing in front of her, telling her that the God of all the universe, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the ever-present God was with her. Emmanuel is what he would have said. Emmanuel. And by the way, that changed everything for her. Oh my goodness. Everything. But guess what? When we come to that realization that Emmanuel, God is with us, it should change everything for us as well. Mary would need to know these things. She would need to understand that this God was truly with her because she had some very hard times ahead. And we're going to pick that up again in our third point today. But our second point is this. Not only is God with us, but God was with us. Now, I don't know about you, but, but I don't know whether this is a an indicting say, statement to make, but 
I can see God many times a lot better in my rearview mirror than I can in the present moment. You know what I'm saying? So let's take a look at someone that illustrates this truth, all right? And, and let's, you know, it's always good to use kind of an extreme to give us perspective. So we're going to look at Joseph. Now, not the Joseph that was marrying Mary, but the Joseph of the Old Testament, okay? And, and here's the story about Joseph. Um, he is a young boy, youngest of all his brothers, and he comes into the family dinner, and he sits down, and he says, oh, by the way, I was talking to God today, and he said, I'm going to be a great leader. Yeah, I really am. Yep, yep. And guess what? You're, you're all going to look to me someday uh, because of how great I'm going to be. And um, his brothers looked at him and said, you're a punk. That's what they said. Well, I don't know if they had punk back in those days, but they said something like that. And they said, you're really cocky. And what do brothers do when they think the youngest brother is cocky or a punk? They beat him up. That's what brothers do. In this case, they went a little overboard. They beat him up and they threw him into a pit and they said, let's just leave him there to die. So one of the brothers was holier than the rest. He was a good guy. He said, you know what? Let's not do that. Let's sell him into slavery. And they all looked at each other and said, sure, that's a good idea. Let's sell him into slavery. So they sold him into slavery, and what happens in Joseph's life, this, this man or boy that God said, you're going to be a leader and everybody's going to turn to you. Wow, if you're Joseph, you are really confused. Because at this point, you're sold into slavery, you get accused of something you didn't even do, you get thrown in prison for years, and you even help somebody get out of the prison by interpreting a dream, asking them, please don't forget me when you go before the king. And he did, of course, forget him. And he goes through all this stuff. But here's the deal. This is what we have to see. That Joseph went from the pit through a passage to the palace. Okay? That's what, that's what all this turned out to be. And he becomes the second in charge of all Egypt, which is the largest kingdom on the earth at that time. See, God used a very indirect route for Joseph to get to that position. And I want to tell you, this is a very big position. And let me tell you also that Joseph was very humbled at this point in time. His life did not turn out up to that moment the way he thought it was, but he remained faithful to his God. And see, people would ask, where was God in all this? Well, you know, Genesis 39, 21 says, in all this, what? The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph. You know, as I look back, I can get really emotional sometimes about all that God has done for me and shown up for me. I didn't make this through this without crying in the first service. I think I can do it this time. So as a young man in my 20s, I struggled greatly with anxiety and depression. Anybody that knows me well knows that. And, you know, life was horrible. I had no concept how I would ever live out my entire life. And, and I don't know that I would have, to be for, perfectly frank with you, because of other issues and circumstances that God revealed to me after that. And I never understood at that time why God, well, I didn't have God then, but once I got saved, I still continued in that for a season of time. And, 
And God did ultimately deliver me out of that with the help of others, but him primarily. And why did he allow that to happen? Because over the last 40 years, I have literally been able to minister to hundreds and hundreds of people on how to deal with anxiety and depression. I'm not a doctor, but I know how God brought me through it, and I can share that with others. My daughter, Colleen, how old was Colleen at the time? Barb, you have it? Huh? Ten years old. We hear a loud, horrible cry, only to go out and find out she's been attacked by a pit bull in the face. I wrap a towel around her to rush her to the hospital, and it's soaked with blood by the time we get there. I'm crying. I'm crying out to God like I've never cried out to God in my life. 58 stitches to the face later, my daughter would, uh, would survive. Doctor said that if one of the bites had been literally like a, an eighth of an inch over to the right, she would have bled out and died before they ever could have got, we would have ever got her to the hospital. It would have punctured her aorta. My daughter struggled with fear. Well, this is about as bad as it can get. <laughs> and she survived it. And you know what? Fear went away. She became a very confident young lady and is till this day. Would I want to go through that again? Not in a million years. But God was with us, and God was with her. That wasn't God's doing, just so you'll understand. I don't believe that. But God used it for his purposes. Financially, I've been on the verge of bankruptcy so many times, and just being a self-employed businessman, and, and all the things. It's kind of comical that God put me there, because I'm I'm really not that, that good in those regards sometimes, or I wasn't, I better now. But I look back and see all the times that God prepared me for a time when he could bless me financially. And I'll tell you something, whatever blessings I've had financially, I take zero credit. I did what I could do, and I screwed it up entirely. So I know that. And I see my wife just not too long ago go through breast cancer, and Oh, that caused us to really stop and cry out to God. And, you know, I, I watched God give her songs every time she was going to go in for a procedure. And, you know, it, it was a time that brought us closer together. I will tell you, when we get in bed at night and, and snuggle, I don't take it for granted. You know, I snuggle hard, and, and I just want, I enjoy every, every single day that we have together. But as I look back in, I, in my rearview mirror, Boy, it's clear to me where God was during those times. You know, he said in the world, you and I are going to have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I've overcome them. Our final point is God will be with you. See, he is with us. He was with us. But the, the beauty of understanding this is that he will always be with us. No matter what you or I go through, God will be with you. Now, I want you to look at Mary again. Now, just imagine, she's 14 or 15 years old. She's 14 or 15 years old. This angel has appeared to her and said, Mary, God is with you. See, and because of that, Mary knew that in every moment of her life, when the present came, God was with her. She knew he would be with her. 
So what would she have known? Well, here's what I think she would have said. She said, I know that God will be with me when I conceive this child by the Holy Spirit. I know that God will be with me when I have to tell Joseph, and he will be stunned and ashamed for me. Because he, he knows how serious this is. He knows that she could be stoned for this. And she knew that God would be with her when the angel appeared to him, as we've already talked about, and said, hey, Joseph, it's all cool. It's all cool. This is, this is, this is me. And God would be with me when I have to travel in my last month of pregnancy on the back of a donkey for 100 miles. Come on. And God would be with me when I gave birth to his son in a stable in a manger next to farm animals. He'd be with me at the wedding feast when they ran out of wine. And he would do the first of so many miracles that I would watch and hear about that my son has done. And God would certainly be with me when I watched him be falsely accused, when I'd watched him be beaten beyond recognition. He'd be with me when I watched him literally nailed to a cross in front of me. God will be with me when the world, the earth that day went totally dark and it shook. Earthquakes. And God will be with me during that first night when I am overwhelmed with grief. And the second night when I am overwhelmed with grief. And God will be with me on that third day when I will walk into a tomb that is empty. And I know that my son did exactly what he said he would do. He rose again from the dead. See, and why would Mary be with her through all these things? Because he's Emmanuel. Because he is God with us. And he's not only God with us, he's God that was with us, and he's God that will be us. Paul said in Romans 8 this, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble? No. Hardship? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Danger? No. Sword? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. He said, I am convinced that neither death nor life, angels or demons, present or future, powers, height, depth, anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And why can't he, none of those things separate us? Because he's Emmanuel. Because he is more powerful and he is with us. Nothing, no thing will ever be able to separate us from the love of God. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You'll never be alone. Nothing, nothing, not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, not your theological questions, not the things that you can't explain that have happened, not your brokenness, not your failures, your mistakes, your sickness, your divorce, not what someone else thinks or says about you, 
no broken dreams, nothing can ever separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, because he is, he was, and he always will be with you. He is Emmanuel, and there's no doubt he is with you. You know, when, when Barb was going through that cancer, it's hard not to think about what's a worst-case scenario. And that's, that's hard to do. And it's really hard for me because I have never done laundry. I have no idea how that works. I've ironed one shirt in my life. And I did that over the phone on speakerphone while I was traveling, and Barb walked me through it. So I had a, I, I, you know, there were times that I, I felt like, what would life be like without her? But, you know, God spoke to me during that time. And, of course, my faith was that she would come through this and she would be healed. But I just felt like God said, Ed, there'll be a new normal. I'll bring a new normal into your life. And, you know, I believe that. I believe that would be the same for Barb if, if, I, if I was not here. Because he is Emmanuel. And because I've learned to trust him. Job said, though he would slay me, yet I will trust him. So here's the question I think that's more important. The question isn't, is God with you? I believe the Bible is so clear. And if you look back, even if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you look back in your life, you may tell me that, yeah, I was really lucky to get out of that. Or, yeah, boy, that was a surprise when that happened. I, I, I thought this was going to happen. See, what you don't realize is that's still the same God. You may not know him, but he still loves you. The Bible says that God would have none to perish and all to come to a saving knowledge of him. But see, here's the deal. Are you with God? That's the question. Not is God with you. Are you with God? That's the question. You see, you and I have a real enemy. I find this interesting. If I am Satan, and that bugs some of you right now, but if I am Satan, let me get through this. If I'm Satan, the thing I want to do is make sure you don't believe I'm real. The worst enemy is one you don't know you have, right? People that can get close enough to you to kill you because you would never expect it, they're the ones you got to watch out for. I'm not saying anything. Just saying. So we make Satan this red-suited guy with a tail for Halloween. Okay? We say things like when we do something wrong, we say what? The devil made me do it. But see, we take this whole thing and, and we make it seem like people that believe in the devil are weird. Well, Jesus believed in the devil. So don't call him weird. I would recommend it highly against that. But, but Jesus said that your enemy comes not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But what? I have come. Oh, come, oh, come. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And see what happens. Satan gets in your life or my life and he does things. And, and we, in our ignorance, including Christians sometimes, will blame God and say, God, where were you during this? Well, he was the same place he was with Joseph. He's with you. And he's your only way out. But see, we will blame him or you know what? We'll blame somebody else. You know, Jerry, what you did to me, I'll never forgive you for that. I'm not true. Sure. 
But see, we get it all wrong. We need to understand there is someone who wants to mess up your life and my life. But this Emmanuel has come, has come to set us free of all of his junk. But it's not always quick. And it's not always the way you think it should work out. As we close, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever had someone in your life that you loved to spend time with? That, that to be frank with you, if you could just have more and more time, that would be good. Think about that now. Someone in your life that I don't care if it's present, it could be. It can be past. It can be, I don't care how far back you have to go. If it, if it was a child when you were with one of your parents. But think about that person for a moment. You know, for me, certainly it would be my wife. You know, back in the days when I was going through all that anxiety and depression, I don't know what I would have done without her. Because I would ask her this question, Barb, do you think I'm crazy? And she would always say, Ed, you're not crazy. She lied. I was crazy. Trust me. But she believed in me. And I just wanted to be with her all the time. But then in my 20s, I met a man by the name of Jack Hartman. And I brought all those insecurities into this business world. You know, you graduate from college and all of a sudden, all this schooling you've had, you actually have to do something now. That's scary. But he took me under his wing and he would become such a father figure to me. And he would teach me about things that I need to do. And then he got saved and and I came shortly after that and he became my spiritual father. And I... I would have appointments with him and I would live for those appointments. I'd take my tape player and I'd put them on his desk and I would record those conversations. I would play them over and over again. See, I'd love to be with Jack. But you know the truth of the matter is? God made my wife and he made Jack. Let's go to the source, people. I love being with them, but it's the God of all the universe that put them in that my life for me in those moments. So whoever that is in your life, just know something. God put them there because he's with you and he's with me. And he brings into our lives the things that we need, sometimes not the way we'd want them, but he brings them in. So let's bow our heads and close our eyes, please. You know, the, this close of my message was totally different up until last night at about 11 o'clock at night. And then when I got up this morning, it, it changed a little bit again. And I, I love the Lord for that because he, he will just correct things so that he can do what he wants to do. And that's what I said with the help of the Holy Spirit. So I want to pray for a group of people here today. I want to pray... For for you if you are one of those people that have never had a true encounter with God. You've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and welcomed him in your heart with a determination to now have Emmanuel walk with you. And this is a day that's so important for you because the reality of this is real. And it will never be the same for you again. doesn't mean you'll never have difficult times, but you will know that Emmanuel is with you always. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you, see that hand. Who else? Keep it up, Joel. 
keep it up till I see it. Who else here would raise their hand and say, that's me. I need that today. Who else? Who else? See that hand. Thank you, sister. Who else? Who else? Anyone else that would pray? God, be with me. Be with me. So, Father, I pray for these these hands that went up. I pray, Father, for the reality of Emmanuel to settle with them today, for them to find in you this ability to be set free from all the worries and all the doubts and all the fears and to receive you as this God that is, was, and always will be with us. Jesus, that the reality of you will be in their lives so powerfully in the days, the weeks, the months, and the years ahead. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness and bringing them here and giving them that opportunity to respond. And now I'd like to pray for those that are here. And you'd say, Ed, I believe in Jesus, but I'll tell you, I've been going through some stuff and and I'll be honest, I've really wondered, is God really with me? And, and I want you to get a renewed hope that God is not only with you, he's working things out for your good in the midst of what you're going through. But you'd like to say, you know, I want to renew that, that sense of Emmanuel in my life. I want, to, I want to step out in faith and believe that God truly is with me and that he has my best in mind. If that's you, I want to pray for you today. Would you raise your hand if that's you? I'd like to pray. Yes, yes, yes. Who else? Yes, yes, yes. Who else? Anyone else? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Father, for these hands that went up, I I pray for them right now. And Father, I I have a feeling there's a few people here that didn't raise their hand. They didn't didn't want to be, for whatever reason, singled out in that regard. But Lord, you you know their hearts. So I'm going to pray for them. You know who they are, Father. But Father, I pray right now for these hands that went up, that Father, there would be a renewed sense that you are with them. Oh Lord, there's you know, family issues and there's health issues and there's financial issues and there's just loss issues, Lord. But Father, let them know that that you're a God that desires them more than they could ever know and that you've got this, God. You've got it because you're you're Emmanuel. You're God with us. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess. In the earth, under the earth, above the earth. So, Father, give them an assurance that you are there to set them free. You are there to walk them through this, and you love them. And your reality will be in their lives more clearly than ever. Lord, that they would look for you even in this very day. You said, search for me, and you will find me. You said, I will be found of you. Father, we thank you for this time together today. We thank you, Emmanuel, that we will celebrate in just a couple of days this event of centuries ago that changed the world forever. Complete your work, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. But while we are here, find us faithful, Lord, to realizing that though you may not be here in physical form right now, you are here in spirit. And we can look to you and cry out to you, and you hear us. You're a good father. 
We ask this in Jesus, your precious holy name. Merry Christmas to all of you. If you need prayer, please come up front. If you raised your hand for uh, either of those things, we have a book up front called The Gospel of John, uh, Living in Christ. And we would love to give you a book before you go. So please come up and uh, we'll pray with you and give you a book. God bless you all and uh, enjoy your holiday season.